We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show, the first one in June. And uh, while we're dealing with um, a dysfunctional CD player, uh, one of those things, just uh, <laughs> it just happened. But uh, we'll, we'll survive the, e- the evening. You are listening to The Jazz Show, of course. My name's Gavin Walker. And we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And normally, um, we have the jazz feature right away. And, of course, this month, because it is Jazz Festival Month, we're going to be doing some random programming in terms of the jazz feature. Normally, um, I feature a whole album and uh, of certain artists, uh, But this time, we are going to feature some great performances from all eras, live music, music recorded before audiences in concert halls or in nightclubs or wherever, arenas, you name it. And different artists, um, we plan to... uh, feature some great live recordings by such people as John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Charles Mingus, um, you name it. And throughout the month of, of June, with the exception of next week's show, which of course will be our annual jazz feature show. And of course, I'm going to be uh, taking a back seat on that show because my good friend John Orsick who is the media director for the Jazz Festival and, of course, one of the founding fathers of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, uh, will be uh, joining me, and he will be picking the music out and discussing it, and I'm just going to sit back and, uh, and respond, um, if I can, <laughs> to uh, John's commentary. And uh, we usually have a lot of fun on the show and, and, and give you an overview of the Jazz Festival. John will be bringing uh, recordings of uh, various artists that are appearing at this year's Jazz Festival. And of course, as always, it's, uh, it's going to be a good one. All right. Without further ado, we're going to begin with our first jazz feature artist. And we're going to take you back in time to a legendary concert in 1949. At the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, May the 9th, 1949. And the band was one of the most popular bands in the history of jazz at the time. They had a brief, it, it, it didn't last long, but it was a, um, a brief, uh, they were the hottest band in, in, in jazz for, I guess, about a year and a half. And they were led by a saxophone player that uh, um, is sadly forgotten these days. He was an incredible um, tenor saxophone player. He was one of Gene Ammon's favorite players, and he was a favorite of a lot of people. Uh, He played tenor saxophone and occasionally the baritone saxophone. But he was a band leader, and his name was Charlie Ventura. And Charlie Ventura led this band that was called Bop for the People. And, of course, um, uh, Ventura put together this uh, great group of musicians with Conti Condoli on trumpet, my favorite trombone player, the, tr- the, the guy that does our theme song, as a matter of fact, Benny Green is on trombone, and a wonderful saxophone player from Boston, 
lesser-known gentleman, but certainly a virtuoso. His name was Boots Masili, and he played alto and baritone in uh, this band. So uh, a great front line. And, of course, Charlie Ventura uh, playing mostly the tenor saxophone, but occasionally baritone saxophone as well. On piano, Roy Crowell, who was also a vocalist. On bass, Kenny O'Brien. On drums, the wonderful Ed Shaughnessy, who went on for, uh, played with all kinds of people and, of course, was uh, on may, many of the, uh, the great uh, TV bands as well. He had a very long career in, uh, in music as a teacher and as a player. And the other vocalist was the very beautiful and wonderful wife of Roy Crowell, Jackie Kane. And um, the interesting thing about this band is that they used uh, wordless or scat singing to blend with the horns. And that gave this band uh, a very unique sound. So we're going to take you back to uh, this concert at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. This is the first of our uh, live recordings, and we'll be doing that for the first part of the show, uh, with the exception of next week's show for the month of June. Great live recordings. So we begin um, with the band's theme, and then Charlie Ventura is going to say a few words, and then they're going to go into one of, one of their great pieces called Euphoria, which was written by Ventura, and then we'll um, play a couple more pieces uh, featuring this uh, incredible band. So, we'll take you back to this concert, the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, Bop for the People, with Charlie Ventura, All-Stars. And now it's with great pride that we present for the first time in concert here on the Pacific Coast, the nation's number one small bebop band is acclaimed by metronome and downbeat magazines. Here he is now in concert, Charlie Ventura, his tenor, and his orchestra. Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to introduce all the boys in the band, our charming vocalist. First, a young man that plays two bass drums. From Jersey City, his name is Ed Shaughnessy. And on the bass is smiling Kenny O'Brien. 
At the piano is our composer, arranger. His voice has taken place on the instrument, Roy Kraut. Finally, with the great Stan Kenton organization, ladies and gentlemen, very happy to feature this wonderful fellow. Plays nice trumpet. His name is Connie Condoli. And formerly with Stan Kenton again, the genius of the alto and baritone saxophone is Boots Mazzilli. For the past year and a half, this young man has really knocked me out all the time because he's a wonderful guy and he plays so much trombone and I think that when you hear him play, you'll see what I mean. It's the one and only, the Duke. Benny Green. For the past year and a half, again, this charming young vocalist, a Dave Garway discovery from Chicago. Her voice is also making the instrument sound. Introducing lovely Jackie Kane. Our first tune, Euphoria.
And that was a band called Bop for the People. And that was a concert that took place May the 9th, 1949, way back when, at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium. And uh, this was one of the most popular bands of the modern jazz era, and it was led by the redoubtable tenor saxophone stylist Charlie Ventura. And um, I often mention his name to uh, to people, and they say, yeah, it's so sad that he's kind of been forgotten. But no one talks about this guy. And uh, he was a favorite of, uh, of many um, saxophone players, uh, his technique and his sound and... Uh, everything else uh, about Charlie, he was he was really a giant, and uh, somehow um, later on in in life in the uh, 50s and 60s, his career seemed to uh, seemed to fade. And I know that uh, he ended up uh, working in a music store in in Philadelphia, where he was uh, originally from, and um, really didn't do much after the uh, after the 50s. And this was his most popular period, and. As I mentioned before, this was one of the most popular bands of the era, Bop for the People. And it featured uh, Charlie um, playing mostly uh, tenor saxophone. Occasionally, he'd switch over to Barry. And um, his band, of course, was uh, full of stellar musicians, including the great Conti Condoli on trumpet and my favorite trombone player, the uh, gentleman that does our theme song, Benny Green on trombone. And on alto saxophone and baritone saxophone uh, from Boston, a wonderful player who uh, played with Stan Kenton for many years and different other people, Boots Mussoli. And uh, uh, on piano and vocal was Roy Crowell, who also uh, did some of the band's arrangements as well. Kenny O'Brien was the bassist. And the great Ed Shaughnessy on drums with his two bass drums, and he was able to get all kinds of effects going there, including the you know getting the sound of congas and all kinds of stuff. And uh, the uh, other vocalist in the band was the wonderful Jackie Kane, and she blended uh, musically with her husband uh, Roy Crowell. And uh, later on, they formed a vocal group, very popular uh, vocal group, Jackie Kane and Roy Crowell, and they were really popular in the fifties and sixties and onward. So we heard a bunch of tunes from this concert, opening with the theme, um, Yesterdays, by Jerome Kern and the Peanut Vendor. And then Charlie introduced the band to, uh, to the audience, and we went into a, a Charlie Ventura composition called Euphoria. And then we went into uh, one of the hits that the band had that really featured the... Um, uh, the blending of the horns and, and, and the vocalists. This was what made this band unique as well, uh, a tune called East of Suez. And that was written by, um, well, Charlie Ventura. <laughs> okay. And uh, then we moved to a, a great tune, my favorite track of the whole album. It's a thing, it was a thing called Birdland. And nothing to do with uh, Joe Zavinul's Birdland. This was uh, written by a guy named Gene Rowland, who did arrangements for Stan Kenton and various other people. And uh, so we heard Birdland. Then we um, ended with a Charlie Ventura, Dennis Sandoli composition called High on an Open Mic. And again, uh, featuring the blend of the horns and the, uh, and the vocalists. Bop for the People. And uh, this was known as the legendary Pasadena 
concert. Charlie Ventura, the first of our uh, live jazz features. And here, this is what we're doing uh, for the month of June because it is Jazz Festival Month. Great performances done uh, either in concert or in clubs. And uh, our next feature will be a couple of lengthy tunes by the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop on that legendary European tour that Mingus took in 1964. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. We have a couple of things to tell you about. Uh, As a matter of fact, just to line up the the June schedule before um, anything else, uh, this is what we're doing as the jazz feature, um, these live performances, except next week. Next week is going to be the jazz festival show, and uh, that'll be John Orsick, who is the uh, musical <laughs> or the media director uh, of the uh, Vancouver International Jazz Festival and one of the founding fathers, one of the three founding fathers of that festival. And John's going to uh, appear as he always does every year on the show. And I, I turn things, basically turn things over to him and, and, uh, and just respond to uh, what, what he t- is going to tell us about the festival. And so that's a, a show not to be missed if you want to get a really nice overview of this year's Jazz Festival. So that's next week. And then the following two Mondays, of course, we'll get back to our uh, live music programming features. So uh, that's the agenda. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll be back in just a moment right after these announcements with some music by Charles Mingus. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at The Book Warehouse, Stormcrow Ale House, The Australian Boot Company, Fresh's Best Salsa and Company, Banyan Books and Sound, Tapestry Music Limited, Rufus Guitar Shop, Dentry's Irish Girl, the UBC Bookstore, On the French Hair Design, and The Bike Kitchen. What would we do without our friends? change this week, but uh, you can enjoy some pretty good weather. It was nice today, and of course, uh, 
It's going to be pretty nice tomorrow and, uh, well, Wednesday. Well, anyway, we'll tell you in detail. Tonight is clear, becoming um, partly cloudy overnight with a low of 12. And then tomorrow will be mainly sunny with a low of 12 and highs between 21 and 25. Wednesday will be uh, some increasing cloud. I guess this is a transition, kind of a transition day, um, but no precipitation. Uh, with a low of 14 and highs between 22 and 26. And unfortunately, on Thursday, periods of rain. Remember that? Yeah, periods of rain. Low of 13 and a high of 17, so cooling off a little bit. Friday will be cloudy, with a low of 10, high of 15, just kind of cool. And um, Saturday will be cloudy with uh, just a 60% chance of a shower, so maybe off and on stuff, uh, with a low of 10 and a high of 17. And Sunday is cloudy with a low of 10 and a high of 18. We hope things change. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, (laughs) we're we're getting little bits and pieces of summer, which is kind of nice. But uh, we need a long stretch. That's what we have to have. It would be really nice. All right. Anyway, enough of the weather. We're going to get back to music. And this is some important music by the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop. This uh, uh, music was uh, recorded um, in Stockholm. And April 13th, 1964, at the beginning of uh, Mingus's journey, uh, and tour of Europe. And interestingly enough, the trumpeter Johnny Coles, one of my very favorite musicians, and, and, and uh, I got to know Johnny pretty well, lovely person as well. Uh, Johnny um, had be, became ill a little later on. Uh, he actually collapsed on stage. He had a burst appendix and uh, was taken uh, to hospital and uh, almost did not survive. It was very serious. He had no idea that it was going to happen, uh, one of those things. But he was, uh, he was okay um, at the beginning of the tour. And uh, that happened a few days after uh, this performance. So Johnny is in the band. Johnny Cole's on trumpet. And the mighty and magnificent and innovative Eric Dolphy. Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone on bass clarinet and flute. On tenor saxophone, a great favorite of mine from Chicago, Clifford Jordan. And on piano, Jackie Byard. On bass, of course, Charles Mingus. And on drums, Danny Richmond. And we're going to hear two uh, lengthy pieces of music from this concert. Um, The first composition is called Orange Was the Color of Her Dress, Then Blue Silk. That's the uh, first composition. The second composition is known by different titles. It was uh, originally called Meditations for a Pair of Wire Cutters. Um, There's a whole story behind that title, but it was changed later on for brevity uh, purposes. As a matter of fact, Mingus changed it for the European audience because um, a lot of Europeans, although they speak English, they, they didn't quite understand the reference. So he just called it they understood this word, though. He called it meditations on integration. 
two of his formidable compositions played by what many people arguably say was one of Mingus's greatest bands that he ever put together. So we're going to take you back to this concert, April 13th, 1964, in Stockholm, at the beginning of this legendary tour. Charles Mingus.
Some amazing music, as always, by Charles Mingus. And that was a band, the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop, as he referred to most of his bands. This was one of the, uh, many people feel that uh, this is one of the greatest bands, um, versions of the Jazz Workshop that Mingus ever assembled. And this was the beginning of uh, a famous and infamous European tour by Mingus and, uh, and company. And um, this was recorded in Stockholm, uh, April 13th, 1964. And uh, although the recording quality isn't, wasn't the finest, uh, it wasn't bad, actually. And um, many of these performances were, uh, were recorded on this tour and usually not professionally recorded, but um, a lot of them, the sound is, uh, is, is quite good. The music is always, of course, incredible. And um, it was really nice to hear trumpeter Johnny Coles because uh, it wasn't long into the tour when he um, suffered from a ruptured appendix right on stage and he had to be an ambulance was called and he was taken to a hospital this was during their Paris concert and um, Mr. Coles was very close to uh, death but he was saved by the uh, the French doctors but uh, he didn't uh, perform uh, again with the band so the band was reduced in size and of course they completed the the, uh, the long tour without Johnny Coles but we did hear him here this was before all that horrible stuff happened to him, and he sounded just beautiful. He's one of my favorite trumpet players and, and a great person as well. I got to know Johnny quite well. Anyway, Mr. Coles, Little Johnny C on trumpet, the legendary Eric Dolphy on flute, bass clarinet, and alto saxophone. Eric Dolphy. And, of course, uh, this was Eric's... Uh, last go-around because uh, it wasn't, uh, of course, it was after the tour, and um, Eric sadly passed away at age 36 uh, in Berlin. He wanted to stay in Europe, and uh, he died from uh, undiagnosed diabetes, and um, we lost Eric Dolphy, of course, one of the most innovative voices on all of his instruments. Anyway, he's here on tenor saxophone. Clifford Jordan uh, from Chicago, great, great player. And Jackie Byard on piano, who was kind of almost like Mingus's alter ego. They, they, <laughs> they were both, uh, both the same age, and um, Jackie stayed with Mingus for a long time and did a lot of uh, legwork for Charles in terms of arrangements and calling rehearsals and all this kind of stuff. Charles, of course, on bass, Charles Mingus, and Danny Richmond on drums. We heard two long pieces. The first one was called Orange Was the Color of Her Dress, Then Blue Silk, and that featured some great uh, playing by Johnny Coles. And the second piece, of course, featured everyone in the band, Meditations on Integration, a very deep and always moving piece of music. Charles Mingus, and uh, as... You have probably gathered we're featuring live performances on The Jazz Show. We'll be doing that 
on uh, all of the shows in June, because this is Jazz Festival Month, and live music is, is happening at the Jazz Festival. So we'll, we're doing it uh, right here as, uh, as the jazz feature on uh, June the 5th, which is tonight, and then the 19th and the 26th. Uh, all those are Monday nights in June. Next week, of course, as I mentioned before, will be our annual Jazz Festival show, and um, I'll be with John Orsick, who is one of the founding fathers of the Jazz Festival, and of course, it's uh, its media director. And John has uh, my always been my annual guest on the show, and uh, it's always fun to have him on the show. And he picks the music, and we talk about the Jazz Festival. So that's next week. That's a, an important show. All right, you are listening to the Jazz Show on CITR FM. or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Next up is a legendary performance. It is really one of the, I would think, one of the greatest vibes solos ever. It's been studied by... um, tons of musicians, and it's played by Lionel Hampton. Interestingly enough, this was a concert that was put on um, back in 1947 at the um, Pasadena Civic Auditorium. It was produced by the legendary Gene Norman, August 4th, 1947, and it was the featured the Gene Norman All-Stars. Gene Norman, of course, is the impresario, but the All-Stars included some of the great musicians in jazz that were uh, living in California at the time. Willie Smith on alto saxophone, one of the great pre-Charlie Parker stylists on the alto saxophone. Charlie Shavers on trumpet. Barney Kessel on guitar. Uh, Corky Corcoran, a wonderful tenor saxophonist who spent a lot of years in the Pacific Northwest. Slam Stewart on bass. Tommy Todd on piano. And the brother of Lester Young, Lee Young, on on drums. And this was uh, very interesting. Uh, Lionel Hampton was in um, Hollywood. He was actually making a movie, and he had found out about this concert, and he was hoping that uh, he would get to um, at least maybe play or uh, just visit uh, and and say hi to all of his friends who were playing at the concert. Uh, So (laughs) what happened was that um, the movie shoot was over, and, of course, uh, Lionel uh, got hold of a, a limo and uh, got his vibes um, in, into, the, into the limo and headed for the uh, Pasadena Civic Auditorium and, of course, had some help and wheeled his vibes backstage. So this was a, a totally spontaneous thing. Hampton just showed up as they were going to play a tune one of the most famous tunes of them all, Stardust, written by Hoagie Carmichael. This was going to be a ballad feature. And um, uh, Lionel showed up just in time, and, of course, they waved him on stage. And he delivered 
this incredible solo after everyone else soloed, of course. And um, it's, uh, to this day, one of the greatest vibe solos ever recorded. And it's been studied by everybody who's played the instrument. And uh, if you've never heard this before, you're in for a real treat. So this then is the All-Stars version of Hoagie Carmichael's Stardust. And of course, the capper will be the vibe solo by Lionel Hampton. So here we go.
Well, guess who stole the show there? Huh. Lionel Hampton on Vibes, one of his uh, greatest recorded performances. And it was just one of those spontaneous happenings uh, when he sat in uh, with the Gene Norman All-Stars at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, August 4th, 1947. Hampton was in, uh, in Hollywood making a movie, and uh, all his buddies um, were playing this concert. So he hightailed it over after his uh, movie shoot and uh, recorded this, what you just heard. Of course, an incredible version of Hoagie Carmichael's Stardust, bringing out the ballad artistry and all of the musicians. We heard Willie Smith open things up on the alto saxophone, followed by Charlie Shavers on trumpet, and followed by Corky Corcoran on tenor saxophone. Then we heard, of course, one of the most unique bass stylists in jazz, Slam Stewart, humming and playing. Uh, He delivered his solo, and then we heard Tommy Todd on piano, Barney Kessel on guitar, and on drums, Lee Young. And, of course... That became known as the very famous version of Stardust with the Lionel Hampton All-Stars. All right. That's what we're doing on uh, The Jazz Show, which you're listening to on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're featuring live music because it's... Uh, Jazz Festival Month. It's June, and uh, some great live performances as part of our jazz feature. Coming right up, uh, right after a couple of messages, is the music of Miles Davis, recorded in 1964 with his quintet, and uh, we're going to delve into that in a moment. But first, we have a couple of announcements for you, and we'll be right back with Mr. Davis and Company. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts downtown at Little Sisters Book and Art Emporium, the Cinematheque, the Fall Tatooine, Selectors Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, Vinyl Records, Sakura's Classical Records, and Beat Street Records. What would we do without our friends? Listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim speaking Musqueam people. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca.
The music of Miles Davis. Well, he has recorded so much. There's so much to uh, delve into. But uh, this particular concert was actually done, and it was sponsored by the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Congress of Racial Equality, and the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, known as SNCC. And it was recorded on Lincoln's birthday at the brand-new Lincoln Center Philharmonic Hall in New York City, Wednesday evening, February 12, 1964. And Miles Davis and his quintet was featured. Interestingly enough, um, a few months, well, maybe it was about a year, not quite a year later, I um, was in San Francisco and I met all the members of Miles Davis's group. And I had a, a really uh, nice talk with Herbie Hancock, and I brought up this particular concert because these, these recordings are so iconic, um, and they're some of Miles Davis's favorite, uh, uh, Miles Davis fans' favorite uh, recordings. And um, I mentioned something to Herbie, and he said, you know what? He said, a lot of people don't know. We couldn't hear ourselves. It was the Lincoln Center was just new at the time, and they hadn't really coordinated the the sound. And he said, none of us could really hear one another on stage. And so he said we had to really adopt um, what the Indian uh, or the East Indian musicians do. We had to look at one another and and watch facial expressions uh, and get cues from that. And he said it was it was a whole new thing because he said a lot of times when we're playing jazz we you know we just know where where we are we don't really look at one another except maybe to uh, uh, cue the end of a solo or something like that there's very there's not that much eye contact but he said on this stage um, he said because we couldn't hear each other properly and I said well the music is absolutely phenomenal it's uh, these recordings he said. Yeah, he said, I don't, <laughs> he said, I know, he said, everybody likes these recordings, but he said, for, as for me, and he's talking for himself, Herbie Hancock, he said, as for me, he said, I, I can't listen to these recordings because I remember how uncomfortable I felt, but you'd never know it. You'd never know uh, any of the musicians' discomfort when you hear the music um, on, on these recordings. We're going to hear a, a couple of pieces uh, from here. The first one, of course, is, is a famous um, piece of music, All Blues, written by Miles Davis. This was the quintet just before Wayne Shorter joined. George Coleman was still the tenor saxophonist, uh, Miles, of course, on trumpet, and that rhythm section. Herbie Hancock on piano, the great Ron Carter on bass, who is coming to the jazz festival this year, and the late and wonderful Tony Williams on drums. And these recordings became so, uh, everybody listened to these, these recordings. They, they were absolutely great. They came out in two volumes. One of them was called My Funny Valentine, and the other one was called Four and More. But they were all from the same concert. So we're going to hear the um, Miles' version of All Blues, um, which he recorded, of course, on the famous Kind of Blue album. But this is a very different version. This is way up tempo and uh, it's it's quite ferocious, 
Then we're going to move to Miles Davis's version of Stella by Starlight. And this is an incredible performance by the whole band. And we might do one more after that. So here we're going to take you back to February 12, 1964, Miles Davis and his quintet. And we begin with All Blues. Thank you. 
We heard three pieces of music from this legendary concert, which took place in New York City, February 12, 1964. And um, it initially came out on a couple of LPs, and then the whole thing was issued on CD, the complete concert um, on Columbia Masterworks. And, of course, it's a double CD issue. And it features this incredible band, the second great Miles Davis quintet, just before Wayne Shorter joined. George Coleman uh, was still in the band on tenor saxophone, and, of course, George sounded absolutely magnificent. And uh, Miles, of course, on trumpet, um, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And we heard three incredible tunes from this uh, album. We opened with Miles Davis's All Blues, and then we moved to this uh, magnificent ballad feature, Stella by Starlight, as only this quintet could do. And we ended with um, an original. It was actually written by Eddie Vinson. Uh, Miles appropriated the composer credit on this tune, but uh, and, and most people think that he wrote it, but he didn't. Um, the tune was called Four, and of course it was a staple uh, in this particular band. And uh, that's it. Three lengthy selections from this uh, February 12th, 1964 concert with Miles Davis. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, we are going to continue playing at uh, Frankie's. Frankie's Jazz Club is one of the leading jazz clubs in Vancouver. And, of course, you can get the whole schedule if you go on to uh, coastaljazz.ca, um, their website, the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. You can uh, check out, of course, um, there's all kinds of links on there, but you can get the whole schedule at Frankie's Jazz Club. They have a whole uh, summer f- full of great music at that club down on Beatty Street, right opposite BC Place. And playing there uh, this weekend with uh, a couple of uh, local heavies, uh, Nick Peck on uh, Hammond organ and drummer Jesse Cahill, uh, a very good friend of mine, wonderful saxophone player by the name of Nick Hampton, is going to be playing this Friday night, June the 9th, and Saturday, June 10th at Frankie's. And... Um, Nick is really worth hearing. He's an excellent player, and uh, we have some uh, music by Nick, so you can get an idea of um, his saxophone style. Um, Nick is, uh, this is from an album that uh, Nick uh, recorded called Catch and Release, and uh, Nick is from New York, and this was recorded at Smalls in New York City um, in 2014. So we're going to hear Nick on uh, either alto or tenor saxophone. He plays both uh, with Dan Aran on drums, Dave Barron on bass, and on piano, um, Tarataka Uno is playing piano uh, on the first tune that we're going to hear. And on the second tune, the pianist will be Jerry or Jeremy um, Manassia on piano. And, and on the second track, guesting will be the great Peter Bernstein on guitar. 
So we're going to hear two tunes from Nick's album, Catch and Release. The first one is called Hanging for Dear Life, and the second tune with uh, Peter Bernstein on guitar is called The Third Degree. So here then, Mr. Nick Hampton.
That's a fine saxophone player who is going to be coming to Frankie's June the 9th and June the 10th. And uh, he's from New York City. His name is Nick Hampton. And we heard uh, three tunes from his uh, very fine album, Catch and Release. And uh, these are all compositions by Nick. And we heard him uh, mostly on alto saxophone. He plays uh, the larger tenor as well. He's uh, a very, very fine musician. At uh, Frankie's, he'll be working with um, two of our fine resident musicians who are as good as anybody in this world. Nick Peck on Hammond organ and Jesse Cahill on drums. Now, on this album um, called Catch and Release, there are a variety of people here, but uh, we did hear... Uh, Dave Barron on bass, and Dan uh, Aaron on drums. <laughs> we have Barron and Aaron. And uh, on piano, we heard uh, Tadataka Uno uh, on the first tune. And then we heard um, uh, Rossano Sportiello on piano uh, on the second and third tune. And... Um, we also heard a guest appearance by Peter Bernstein on guitar. So what we heard, uh, these were all Hampton compositions. We heard Hanging On for Dear Life, um, or Hanging for Dear Life is the correct title. The second tune was called The Third Degree, and the, first, uh, and the third tune was the title track, Catch and Release, Nick Hampton. And, of course, he'll have this album, uh, for sale on his gig, and uh, it's uh, I really it's a very very fine album as you heard, and uh, you'll hear even more of it if you buy it. So there you go, Nick Hampton. We're going to uh, turn everything over now to Jimmy Jufre, who plays the not only plays the clarinet, plays the baritone saxophone, and the tenor saxophone. And this is a wonderful little band. It's a, actually a living room band. And this was Jimmy's um, final recording of this sort of uh, folk-style jazz that he was into. Jimmy uh, was your quintessential eclectic. He went to different styles throughout his career, but always excelled in all of them. And um, wonderful, wonderful musician. Of course, he was a composer and arranger as well. Uh, he did everything. Jimmy Jufri was a, a really uh, a complete uh, musician, originally from Texas. And uh, he died a number of years ago, um, lived a ripe old age. But we're going to hear some uh, music from uh, his, this, this particular period in Jimmy's life. He was dealing with this this kind of sound that we're going to hear. And uh, this was the, before he moved on to a different style, this was the sort of summing up recording of that kind of uh, folky sound that he uh, was exploring on all of his horns. And the people involved here, there's no rhythm section. Uh, Jim Hall is on guitar, and Bob Brookmeyer is on valve trombone. And we're going to hear a piece of music called The Western Suite. And um, written by Jimmy Jufri. It's amazing the 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 written passages and the improvised passages. They're they're absolutely seamless uh, in in this music. 
and um, very interesting to try and figure out which um, which passages are all written out and uh, which passages are um, totally improvised. That's up to you, the listener. Uh, it's in four movements. The first movement is called the Pony Express. The second movement is called Apaches. The third movement is called Saturday Night Dance. And the fourth movement and final movement is called the Big Pow Wow. So here then, in its complete form, is Jimmy Jufri and the Western Suite.
That was the Western Suite, composed and played by the Jimmy Jufri Three. Of course, Mr. Jufri playing uh, clarinet, tenor saxophone, and baritone saxophone. And we heard Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone and Jim Hall on guitar. And uh, the Western Suite was in four movements. The first movement was called Pony Express, second movement Apaches, third movement Saturday Night Dance, and fourth movement Big Powwow, the Western Suite. And that was the final recording, which was issued on uh, Atlantic Records. It was actually done in 1958, and it was uh, Jimmy Jufri's uh, final recording of that style of music. Jimmy, of course, uh, played many, many uh, different styles of music and um, emphasized so many different approaches to how you play jazz. And this was his folk music phase. So it was uh, folk-influenced jazz and, um, of course, a living room band. Uh, no, no drums, no bass, uh, no rhythm instruments, and yet uh, there was a, a great rhythmic feeling throughout that uh, piece of music. Delightful stuff. And it's really hard to separate the, the stuff that's written um, and the stuff that's improvised. That, that uh, The musical unity in that band was, was quite intuitive, of course. Bob Brookmeyer of valve trombone, Jim Hall on guitar, and Jimmy Jufri on uh, multi-instruments, clarinet, tenor, and baritone saxophones. The Western Suite. Hope you enjoyed that. That wraps up uh, this edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. Next week, a very special show. It's the Jazz Festival uh, edition. And uh, as I mentioned a few times uh, this evening, I'll be here, but um, the main protagonist on the show will be my good friend John Orsick, who is the media director for the Vancouver International Jazz Festival and one of the founding fathers of that festival. And uh, John will be bringing a whole slew of music, um, and he'll be playing it, of course, and discussing it. And uh, these will be all performers that will be featured at this year's Jazz Festival and um, Jazz Fest 2017. So uh, it'll be a great overview of the festival. And, of course, John is, uh, knows everything about it. So I'm just going to sit back and respond to things that uh, he talks about on the, uh, on the show. So looking forward to that, and I uh, hope uh, you can join us as well. Anyway, take care. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and radio station CITR 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca, we'll see you next week, June the 12th, an important edition of The Jazz Show, next Monday evening, and we start at 9 o'clock. Bye-bye.